Bienvenue à l'Hôtel Le Plaza, Bruxelles. Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of HR Meetup, live at the Plaza Hotel, which accompanies us every month and of course sponsored by Talent Square. Now I have my co-animator in front of me. Hello. And of course we have a new guest on our mic, but I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, yes, hello, uh, good to be here. My name is uh, John Ingham. I'm an HR consultant based in the UK, working globally uh, here in Brussels for a conference today. So I uh, uh, just thought it was a great opportunity to join you for this, uh, this podcast. Thank you for thinking about us. Um, could you maybe give us a bit more detail about your background and uh, where you come from, maybe a bit of um, educational background, what okay. you do? Yep. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so my well, my background initially was in engineering, then IT, uh, then change management. Uh, my first HR role was actually as an HR director role, which you might imagine was was quite a tough challenge, not knowing that much about HR. Uh, but that was for Ernst & Young, uh, managing a, a big change project in the UK uh, and globally as well. Uh, so I was based uh, there as head of HR for the audit discipline uh, in the UK for a couple of years and then took a secondment uh, to Moscow uh, and was the HR director for the former Soviet Union for a couple of years. Uh, so we had sort of six officers around the uh, the CIS. Uh, came back to the UK, uh, was head of HR consulting for a UK-based consultancy uh, and left there to write a book uh, about 10 years ago and have been mostly independent since then. Um, still do a lot of consulting, a lot of chairing, uh, a lot of conferences like today, uh, either speaking, chairing or, or, or simply showing up and blogging and tweeting. Um, do quite a lot of writing, uh, sort of reports and white papers, those sort of things. Um, anything else, really, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in having a broad portfolio uh, and, uh, you know, anything that interest, uh, anything interesting that comes up, I uh, generally say yes to. Just out of uh, curiosity, the book was about uh, the book was um, the book was about innovative, um, impactful HR. Uh, it was called Strategic Human Capital Management on the, the basis that one of the areas I tend to focus on is uh, is focusing more on the outcomes we create rather than the activities we're undertaking. Um, so it, it was sort of exploring the opportunity to focus HR on creating human capital and using that as a driver for. Uh, competitive advantage. It was it was never a hugely well-read book, but now and again it, it pops up. And I must admit, I, I was um, uh, pleasantly uh, surprised when one of the presenters at the conference today actually had one of my models on the slide, <laughs> uh, particularly because he actually had the attribution of, of, so I had my name. Uh, and I think it's probably, I mean, it probably is only about four or five times that I've seen Uh, my models come up like that in a conference uh, and actually is the first time that <laughs> has had my name against it. So that, that was that was quite pleasant. We'll make sure that uh, the title of your book <laughs> <laughs> appears in the description of this podcast. And maybe we can even send our listeners to your blog and uh, to your Twitter feed so that they can um, maybe interact with you. I think that could be uh, interesting uh, if they have questions. I, I, I'm always keen to interact. Now, since we're on the topic of blogs and, uh, and Twitter, um, Uh, one thing that you have is, uh, so you started this HR community on Google+. Plus. Would you like to introduce it a bit to us? Sure, very happy to. Um, actually, I mean, the, the, there's, a, there's a really good connection back to 
that last point we were discussing about human capital. So um, as, as I was suggesting, that was uh, that book was written sort of 10 years ago. Uh, most of my interest since that point has been on uh, the, the, the other sort of big outcome that I think we create in HR, which is social capital. So the value of the relationships and connections and conversations between people. Uh, which is uh, you know, getting much, much more important these days. Um, so I'm interested in what it is that HR does differently if it's trying to accumulate social capital rather than just human capital. Uh, and one of the key um, areas that I think we need to uh, focus on much more is the role of community. Um, so because um, I do do a lot in social media as well, I've been uh, along to speaking at a few um, sort of enterprise 2.0 social business type conferences, uh, mainly with IT people attending, uh, but always just talking about behaviours and culture. So, you know, to me, it's a, it's very much a, 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 an HR agenda. And the thing that often comes up in those is that... Um, uh, you know, the, the new HR is about managing communities. So I'm, I'm really interested in communities. Uh, there's, a, there's a physical one that I organise in the UK as well. Uh, and yeah, when, you know, when, um, uh, when Google Plus came around, when it launched this idea of communities within Google Plus, uh, I was interested to see those, um, that those start up. And, um, you know, thought it obviously it would be useful to start up a, an, an HR focused one uh, and thought because the people who tend to be on Google Plus are people who tend to be interested in social media, uh, we, we'd sort of make it focused on, on social HR. Um, and I think it, I know, was it's... about to come to that, actually, like I was, sure. I was uh, no, to ask you a question about this, because from 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 what I heard of what you said previously, I was I was guessing, but now I'm not guessing anymore, <laughs> that you are a very um, big contender for. Um, well, contender, what am I saying? That you were um, truly for social HR and probably also social recruiting, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, so, social HR means a lot of different things to different people. Uh, I mean, if you want to have a look through my posts on um, on, on, on the so my own posts on in the the social HR community on Google Plus, you'll, you'll sort of see that I keep on going back to uh, sort of where, where I see it. Um, and, and, and to me, it's not just about the use of social media or, you know, social media and recruiting, hence social recruiting, etc. It is it is this thing about a more social way of doing things. Um, so, my, in fact, my last uh, update there earlier on today uh, was about the necessity of more fairness in reward and sort of more broadly, uh, because to me, that's a key basis of a, of a more collaborative type of way, a, a more collaborative way of organising. Um, but, you know, m m most people on there, are, uh, a lot of the updates are about social media. Uh, we did have somebody else talk. Uh, there was um, one of the other members was presenting a, a, another completely uh, different definition of social HR, again, fairly recently, uh, which I'm, you know, I'm very happy about. You know, the, the, there's, there's no, um, the, there is no one definition of this thing. Um, you know, we, we, we can learn from sort of multidisciplinary perspectives um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just keen that uh, different people do share and update uh, and is, uh, is, is wonderful to have uh, regular updates about this podcast on there as well. Now, just um, for the record, I mean, um, you talk about social HR. Um, do you mean like socially, like a community within the company itself? So between employees or do you mean like 
from the company to its clients and employees ah. or the, from the employees to the customers? Yeah, no, because I understand. There, there's different... of, of course. Uh, although one of the interesting things is I think those divisions are breaking down as well, um, you know, because of increased transparency in organizations, uh, the relationships that an, that an organization has with its employees, I think, are increasingly overlapping with the ones which it has externally. Um, but yes, into, you know, where, where I mean, so I define social HR as HR to accumulate social capital. And social capital is the value of the relationships internally with inside an organization. Uh, and I'd talk about relationship capital or brand capital, which is the, the equivalent value between an organization and its customers. Um, but they are, you know, they, they, they are similar approaches. Um, so one of the things that I find very fascinating at the moment is how much similarity there is between the sort of the new things that we're trying to do in HR and the new things or, or perhaps the more recent things that they've been doing in marketing, you know, and the, the rise of, well, social media again, uh, you know, digital business, uh, gamification, which is the, the topic of the session that I'm talking about tomorrow. You know, all of these um, new key innovative business um, uh, trends, innovations, you know, all, all, all have um, resonance both in that external and in that internal sense. Um, so, you know, I, I, um, we, we, we've not really sort of focused on external um, communities with inside the social HR community. Uh, but, you know, if, <laughs> if anybody wants to contribute on that, it would be great to see some some thoughts as well. Now, of course, um, because we talk about trends, you talk about future trends and um, how do you keep up with those upcoming trends? Because, you know, nowadays um, we had social media entering, everybody's throwing their personal lives on, on, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. Um, and you see a trend now that uh, it's getting more private. People are realizing what they're putting online and you get more like... Um, a trend where people are more into the personal touch, you know, uh, you, you get those interactions through internet, through email, stuff like that. But more and more people are like, I want one person to talk to, not a company to talk to. I want my own personal assistant uh, way. Do you see those things happening on HR business too? Like social HR, like I'm not talking to the HR department of a certain company, sure. but I'm talking to my person <laughs> of contact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that, that, well, I, whether that's part of, of social HR or, or, or something different, uh, I, I don't really know, and I, I, I suspect it's not terribly important. Uh, but the the idea that we do need to personalize and, and focus HR and present it in a more human way and to individual humans, you know, so H to H, human to human, uh, I, I, I think is a very is, is, is a very good one. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, it was this was actually something we were trying to do at Ernst Young, um, sort of uh, what 15 years ago now, I guess, uh, when I was an HR director there. Uh, we had this strategy about being a, a global employer choice for the employee for the employees we choose, and we we really wanted that to to, to happen. Um, so we, uh, we we tried lots of things to get much closer to the people we employed. Uh, and, and I remember one of the things that, um, I, you know, I was very excited about. And uh, unfortunately, then when I went over to Moscow, sort of lost track of a little bit. But we were um, 
we were sort of re-engineering performance management as a more two-way, uh, I th- we called it management of the deal. So basically, at the sort of start of the year, uh, in the traditional way, we would talk to our employees and tell them what we wanted from them in terms of the objectives that they needed to achieve, but we'd also um, talk to them about their own sort of motivators and engagement drivers and what we should do for them as a firm. Um, and that was very much about um, sort of cascading the organisational uh, employee value proposition to an individual level to try to understand uh, what our individual employees needed and being able to to respond to them on an individual basis because we are all individuals uh, and you know the, the, having an organisational EVP is a really good idea uh, but <laughs> if you still treat everybody in one particular organisation the same way you're, you're never going to engage anybody uh, as effectively as possible. Um, so I do, I, I, I do think this personalisation agenda is a, is a really core cool one. Um, and I suppose it does fit in that social HR agenda as well, because being social isn't, you know, it's not just about having one voice across a, It's a, not a, about asking the same questions to all different people. It's asking the right questions to the right people. Totally, yeah. But I mean, I think, I think this whole personalisation uh, concept is not, it's probably not... Um, only applicable to HR. I think it's it's a more general concept that we are in an era of personalization. If I look up um, a word on on Google, I will probably have very different results than you. Mm. If I let's say if, if my history says that I've been looking at holidays a lot, then <laughs> if, and if I and if I um, look for Egypt, then I'll see resorts and hotels. Sure, yes. But for someone who's more interested in the in politics, they will see the situation now with the Muslim Brotherhood. So, I mean, how, how I think, I, I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that possibly now HR, is, HR and many other uh, disciplines are more going in the trend that has already been set by, well, in this case, Google. Uh, well, absolutely. So, yes, you know, personalization as a concept is at the forefront of uh, of businesses these days. Uh, and, and in a sense, it's not that new, is it? I mean, uh, a lot of organizations have been talking about mass customization for, well, at least 10 years, possibly 20. I don't know. Um, and, you know, the, the, the big thing which has made a shift more recently is the use of digital technology to to make that real. You know, it is easier perhaps now to deal with people as people through the use of technology. It's, it's, it's also, of course, easier to uh, ignore that, that entire humanity completely. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's why in any uh, agenda about technology, uh, organisational culture or sort of culture within a, a nation or whatever level you're talking about, uh, the culture is always as important as the technology to ensure that technology is used for good rather than for evil, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that 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 personalization agenda is is, is definitely happening now. Uh, it is happening within HR, um, and I think the you know the the really useful, interesting thing for us, of course, is that as the need for organisations to uh, to 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 respond to individual employees as individuals, it does put more uh, it, it puts more focus on HR. You know, it it, it definitely does put HR in, in in the hot seat in 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 an organisation to to make that happen. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting trend and uh, and a really important one. Um, I have just um, like I have another question. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles lately about uh, 
well, millennials and how they have changed the workforce. And uh, it interests me, of course, since I'm one of them. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Yay! Um, but I'm, I'm, well, what, what I have read about and that baffles me a bit is uh, that um, so this Gen Y is being defined as one that seeks for fulfillment in their work uh -huh. and for meaning. First of all, I'd say my question is in two or maybe three parts. Like, first of all, do you agree with that statement? <laughs> uh -huh. Secondly, if you agree, do you think that this might have sparked uh, this whole integration of personalization into HR? And um, and yeah, I think I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, that, that's probably a good idea. I, I think even answering uh, those two uh, questions will, will, will take a while. Um, yes, I agree with that to a certain extent. I do think um, there, there is, I mean, I do think there is generational change. I, th I think that exists. And I do think the uh, Generation Y are probably different from other generations. Uh, clearly, a lot of that is to do, you know, there, there are a lot of age differences as well. Uh, but I think there are some uh, underpinning generational differences. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I, I think there is some uh, suggestions, perhaps evidence is the wrong word, but suggestions from neuroscience and psychological research and so on to show that, um, the, the millennials' brains are developing differently because of digital technology and the more social world and, 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 and so on. Um, however, well, firstly, I think a lot of the research, you know, the, where, where people talk about that the younger generation are more interested in meaning, I think a lot of the research that led to those conclusions was prior to 2008. Um, you know, a lot of the millennials I know these days are just very, very pleased to have a job at the moment uh, <laughs> in a lot of countries around the world. Um, so I think I think Generation Y have had to um, moderate their expectations about employment somewhat. Um, so I think that's I, th I think that's one issue we need to take account of. Um, and more broadly to me, well, so firstly, I, you know, there, there are lots, this goes back to the personalization thing again, that there are so many differences between people in any organization. So absolutely generation differences are important, but so is age, national culture, gender, uh, you know, personal experiences. Um, you know, we, we are all different. You put all of those different differences together and, and the only basis you've got to deal with people is to deal with people as individuals because you know you could have one generation y and another generation y who are more different than a, a generation y and a generation x and in fact the you know one of um fons trompenars i think was it um yes uh, trompenars uh, sort of key ideas is that in any of these traits if you have a look at the normal distribution curve of a particular um characteristic for a particular group the area under the normal distribution curve is always going to be wider than the differences between the peaks of the normal distribution curve. As in, you know, the, 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 the difference between two millennials in a particular characteristic is always going to be, is, is much more likely to be bigger than the difference between the average of a millennial and a Generation X person. So, yeah, there are differences, but we, we need to be careful not to exaggerate them. Of course, and... I mean, it's all about the individual, <laughs> oh, of no. course. See, I only got through about... No, but yeah, just, I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Carry on. Well, it's a big, interesting question. So, look, really, really quickly, um, the other reason why I, I, I think we shouldn't focus too much on generational differences 
is that I, to me the one big significant key important difference that generation y have brought in is that they have been more prepared to challenge organizations so i think a lot of the things which have said about the expectations of millennials you know i think everybody wants you know, everybody wants to participate. Everyone wants meaning from their organisations. Um, everybody wants to, um, uh, you, you know, be, be treated as a human and to find meaning what they do. It's 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 a general human condition. The difference that's made the difference is Generation Y stood up and said, "Look, you can't treat me like this." And uh, I have to, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, congratulations for pe being in in that generation. <laughs> I, I I I really wish I still was. Um, but, you know, and thank you as well, because, um, you know, I, I think you have created much more um, compelling workplaces where now everybody can benefit from the things that you and we want at work. Well, so, um, <laughs> in, in general, uh, as a conclusion of, of, of the Generation Y, um, in this change in, in, in the workplace, in this change in, in, in the work environment, um, do you mean that social media is either a blessing or a curse? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, that's it's another both. very interesting question, isn't <laughs> it? Um, no, uh, no. I mean, it's, it, oh, it's, it's a blessing. Um, I mean, there are, there are aspects of it that I think we need to be careful of um, that uh, used excessively can do um, immense damage. You know, social media is a tool, same as any tool, use it for good or evil. Uh, but um, no, I mean, it's a, a f phenomenal. Uh, you know, I would not be here tonight without social media. You know, I, I go anywhere in the world and I, you know, I, I check the people I'm connected to on LinkedIn. I tweet some people, you know, I go out to dinner, I meet more people. Um, you know, the, 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 there is not a distinction between virtual friends and um, and, and real friends. You know, the, the more connected you are virtually, digitally, uh, the, the more connections that leads you to physically as well. Perhaps uh, uh, it's not that, that uh, a personal opinion uh, from you, but do you think that companies should educate their personnel using social media? I mean, nowadays, because you see those things pass by the newspapers or, or online uh, forums where, for example, someone had a bad day, they just put it all on Facebook yeah. and the day after you get those uh, discussions with your boss who's, who happens to be one of your friends on Facebook. Um, <laughs> do you think yeah. you, you need to educate, you know, the personnel like, okay, you can use uh, okay. Facebook on, yeah, on yeah. the work floor, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, we, yes, we need, well, we need to educate uh, the workforce in the way... I don't think it's educating them on social media. I think it's educating them the way that we will use social media and, you know, what we want them to do, what we don't mind them doing, what we don't want them to do. And it's just making those expectations clear as we try to make any expectations clear. But the, the, the other thing related to that, I think, um, it, one of the things that I would like organisations to think about in the more social connected workplace is perhaps just to lighten up a bit as well. Um, you know, uh, I, I say this to recruiters who suggest, for example, we don't, you know, that we shouldn't do, um, we shouldn't use any social media for back, background checking. Uh, personally, I think we should. Uh, you know, we need, we need, we need to use it um, smartly, carefully. Um, you know, I suggest using it within HR, not allowing or not not encouraging line managers to use it, for example. Uh, but you know, to me, if the information is there in the public space, we should we should use it. 
But, you know, I, I, I then say to recruiters, look, you know, if you see, um, you know, photos on somebody's recruitment, uh, or photos on somebody's Facebook site of somebody, you know, a little bit inebriated, um, you know, you know, do you, you just think, do you really want an organisation where nobody has ever been drunk? You know, is, is, is that really what you're saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> unless you do, then... It, it depends just... on if the person still has his clothes on, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, but I guess it also depends on... It's not. I think in this case, it's not about ever having been drunk. I think it's more of a question of having that photo out there. Like... But once it's out sense. there, it's it's out there, there forever. forever. So even if you delete it afterwards, <laughs> oh, but I mean, you, you take a few drunk pictures, you put them on Facebook, and but then they stay there, and you're not cleaning up your Facebook. I mean, it doesn't really give a very good impression to anybody. Well, um, depends. Uh, yeah, in this case, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in this case, it it's not about ever having been drunk. It's about the fact that those pictures are online. But see, I, but I, you know, I would. I, it, it, the, the, this is a central part of that more social, more human, more personalised way of operating that we've been describing. You know, people are people, and people occasionally do odd things and stupid things, and um, you know, and, and and that's part of the essence and the beauty of what we are as humans. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I think well, you know, part of what makes social work. Is um, you know is, is being open and honest and authentic about who we are, and and, and being transparent about who we are, and um, you know I I, um, I I would I would love there to be an environment where people are able to be themselves, be themselves, and to promote to, or, or or to um, communicate more about who they are without. Uh, <laughs> worrying how that's going to be perceived. <laughs> Perhaps a little advertising placement from, uh, yeah, Johnny Walker or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, and it does depend. You know, as I so as I was, I was as I was saying the previous, it does depend. Um, you know, there are some things that people do probably should be quiet about. Um, but um, I, you know, it, it, for most people, for most organisations, you know, I, I, I think the the trend is towards more more transparency, and part of that is is just treating people with a little bit of a uh, a sort of lighter touch. You know, that um, just giving people a bit more a bit more rope, a bit more latitude to uh, to go out and be themselves. Now, the conference here in Brussels was also about social HR, or. Uh, the conference in Brussels is about HR transformation, actually. So, um, uh, look, uh, particularly, well, um, tra well uh, today we've been talking quite a lot about broader organisational transformation, uh, but I suppose sort of HR's role within that and how HR needs to transform to support the organisation. Uh, quite a lot around sort of shared services and um, uh, outsourcing and things as well. Uh, but there's a, you know, the... Um, <laughs> that 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 can be a, uh, a, a, a um, dull is the wrong word, but it it can can be uh, perhaps a, a less exciting area of HR to discuss. So they they also intersperse people like me to come and talk more uh, generally about um, perhaps more exciting things in in, in HR. Uh, so as I was saying, I'm, I'm I'm talking about gamification tomorrow, which um, despite the rather ugly word, I, you know I I think is a, a brilliant opportunity for HR. Um, again, once more linked to what we. We've been talking about you know so you know gamification uh, most people agree is not about games uh, to me it's it's not even necessarily about 
um, sort of injecting fun necessarily or, or, or the use of game mechanics or, or any of these things. To me, gamification more than anything else is, is, is putting the individual first and creating an environment and developing processes that recognise that people are people and allowing them to be people. So, you know, rather than taking our people and fitting them into a, a box and, uh, and a job description and, telling, and sort of narrowing down the walls and telling them what they need to do, gamification to me is, you know, clearly there is all of that context about the business, but, but, but let's just find an environment that um, people can find compelling and meaningful and, and be themselves and, and, and do good work. This, this brings us back to actually another interview that we did today with uh, uh, Alexis from uh, My Cool Company, in which we talked about user-centered design and putting the user and the customer and the employee at the center of everything, actually, to make everything more meaningful for the person instead of for the company. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It goes back to your comment earlier that this personalization agenda is much broader than HR. Um, the, the, the whole sort of user experience, UX field, uh, design thinking, you know, all, all of these things in, in, in organizations. Human-centered. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about understanding the person because that's where the complexity of business is. Now, of course, we're at we are already up to half an hour time goes fast uh, for people who are interested in, in joining your blog on Google Plus and following your tweets and uh, just stalk you online uh, where can they oh, all, all over <laughs> um, well yeah the, uh, the, the the community we're discussing the social HR community uh, if, if people go into Google Plus and search for social HR uh, or just do a, a, a Google search on social HR Google Plus uh, they'll find that community fairly quickly. Uh, and uh, if, the, if they want to uh, connect and interact with me, uh, they can just, um, uh, if, if they just look for John Ingham, uh, I'm, 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 I, you know, I, I come up, uh, uh, well, as, as you say, you know, everybody's Google search is, is, is different, but uh, for most people, I'll, I'll, I'll come up somewhere on the, on the first <laughs> page. Yeah, but you probably have a very effective personal brand, so <laughs> anybody <laughs> typing in your name should be able to find you. But we will, in any case, uh, put links to uh, all these things in, uh, in the description okay. of this thank podcast. You. And uh, thank you very much for coming with us tonight. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And, and, and you know, I, I have been following the podcast for quite some time. So it, it's wonderful to, uh, to get here and meet you all as well. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And uh, bye. Podcast.